Right. Well, Simon. Good afternoon. Mark. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. Good afternoon. Very good. Afternoon. It is the afternoon. It and should have been on the cusp of the morning and the afternoon, but we're late. We are. Uh, so but yeah, but. Season two. Season two. Yeah. Episode one. We are live. <laughs> yeah. Get the box set. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Watch them all back to back. It's Have an orgy of watching of the first series, which is, you know, award winning. It is. It is. Uh, it's good to be back, Mark. How can we sort of make up a way in which it was award winning? We liked it. We we awarded it, it the award the best video podcast that we participated in, which was filmed in this room. Indeed. Yeah. So, yes, and this is the Impact Narrative, where we discuss current issues uh, in a kind of random fashion and always run out of time. And we uh, are indebted, as always, to uh, to Roz, our um, camera operator and general disciplinarian and supremo and uh, indispensable person. Indeed. So if, uh, if beeping randomly occurs, that is our disciplinarian. Whose real name is Bianca. Indeed. Yeah, but there we go. Who is holding us to account that we said we would go no no longer than 30 minutes. Yeah, so we'd better get cracking. So what's on today's packed menu, Simon? So there's a lot to cover, Mark. Yes. So much so that I couldn't even get my menu up. No. But, um, <laughs> I think what we need to do is take stock of everything that's happened in the past well, three, four months yeah. since, we, uh, since we last filmed. Yeah. So, uh, your area of the world has been out of the headlines, but that doesn't mean to well, say... Well, it, a little mm, bit. It's been um, too relatively. Mm. but quieter than usual. I mean, so much so that I've not been on TV anywhere near as much as you. In the last 24 hours. Indeed. How many have you done? One. Excellent. But by the time this goes live... Oh, it'll be at least two. You'll have been on BBC News. Well... Phew. I hope I'm just you know already. This is the trouble. If I gibber incoherently, then it's a sign not of my usual gibbering, but my nerves. Impending nerves. Well, we enjoyed watching you last night on France Von Cat. Yeah. Uh, talking about tents and tightropes. That's right. That's my, my sideline. So you'll be getting that into BBC uh, this afternoon, will you? I will, but uh, but without further ado, uh, well, what's top of your? Well, are we well, going to talk was about the Middle East? In to um, to your interviews, into conference season, because right. not only is this welcome week, not only are we starting back with... Uh, with with a bang. With a bang, with the impact narrative, we're welcoming students back to Lancaster, but it's conference season. Mm. Yeah, politics. it is, and Labour last week, and uh, this is just in case this doesn't uh, come up for a few weeks or whatever. Uh, we had the Liberal Democrats, well, the Liberal Democrats was sensational. They, they had a conference? Uh, uh, they did. That's I a sensational. Think I missed it. Yeah, and uh, Vince Cable, you know, made the headlines, well, nearly mm -hmm. uh, by announcing that he's going to step down, and the world gasped. How uh, Vince? Vince. Oh, I don't know. He's knocking. What? He's, I think he will never see his sixty-fifth birthday again. Right. I don't know. I mean, he's certainly a well-preserved individual. Liberal Democrat like Ming Campbell, who, despite health issues, you know, tremendously uh, fit-looking gentleman and, in his uh, advanced age. Formerly Paddy Ashdown, of course. Yeah, not Charles Kennedy, and for alas, alas, the late lamented. It's mm -hmm. almost like all the issues affected Charles Kennedy. Well, yeah, Paddy <laughs> Ashdown still kind of, you know, 
striding around looking but military. Enough of the Lib Dems, because I think we've... we've that was an advert for the Liberal... Vote Liberal Democrat and become vigorous into well-advanced age. And more about the Liberal Democrats than the, uh, the media did about their conference. We have, which so is good. That's balance. Labour conference, lots of enthusiasm, no mm -hmm. coherence at all in the policy, well, towards Brexit at any rate. Keir Starmer made a, a very pretty strong case for kind of remain and lots of everything on the table uh -huh. and everyone else uh, who was interviewed made a strong case for getting out without a deal um yeah but and now it's it's the case of the conservatives mm. so yesterday with their own brand inimitable brand of incoherence yesterday was um mr boris johnson yeah and now i, th I think people are sick of boris and so they're saying bojo all the time now and they'll get sick of that very soon i, I prefer just johnson but then you would, lose the slight precision of. Well, but it, but you can say it with an era with an era with an air of. I was going to say sneering contempt. Mm. See, and it came out as era. That I better not do that this afternoon. No, that kind not, of thing. That might get you in a bit and of also, trouble. I could be more biased here because I think you know the trouble is that. Um, with this, because the the opinions that we advance here are not only nothing to do with the university they're our own opinions but they're also opinions that will probably change before this gets probably. put out uh but on this one you know pretty well my opinion of uh, johnson has not do. has not changed and the events of the last few days and weeks in fact have uh, made it even more unchanged would it be fair to describe it as rampant opportunism me, yeah, I think so. I've used it to to advance my career. My Excellent. my dislike of uh, the rampant opportunist. Indeed. Yeah, because so, he's better at it than I am. So Mrs. May is speaking today. Are we she is. Anything of, of well, that? she's speaking as we speak, and bits ah. of the stage are probably falling off before the world's eyes, mm -hmm. just like last last year. Um, well, yeah, I'm expecting warm applause from the audience, Mr. Johnson. I doubt that he'll be in the auditorium, but he you never know. Um, uh, but the party will give a united appearance and then stab each other in the back in the foyer afterwards. Excellent. Knives will be available freely in the foyer for backstabbing. So, of course, underpinning all of this conference season is Brexit. So, mm. in the past couple of months since we, we met... Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's happened? Uh, well, I mean, the big, the big thing... We're approaching the, uh, the deadline, aren't we? We are indeed. Well, next next month we have another summit. Um, well, uh, I guess to be very brief, which we have to, uh, Mrs May got the um, cabinet together at her country retreat of uh, Chequers, and the cabinet agreed the proposition, the British kind of terms, and uh, then within a couple of days, Boris Johnson, the aforementioned, and David Davis decided that they must have been drunk or something when they agreed to it because they disagreed with it and resigned and um, since then the EU has said that they don't the, the checkers deal as it's now called uh, the EU uh, heads of government have said that they don't like it either the Conservative Party seems to be you know divided between those who think it goes too far and those who don't think it who think it goes um, doesn't go far enough, and uh, the Labour Party is going to vote against it. Mrs May continues to say that this is the approach that Britain's going to take, but it's pretty clear that there's going to be movement on the British position, and that will be towards what the EU want rather than to what the Brexiteers want. So really, I guess, when we left this issue, uh, it looked like Mrs May was in an impossible position. 
And now it looks like her position is perhaps slightly more impossible, if that's possible to be more impossible uh, than before. And the world just waits for, you know, this uneasy coalition, which is the Conservative Party, to smash itself to pieces, which it will do as soon as apparently Dominic Raab, the uh, Mr. Brexit, the Brexit minister, has hinted that there will be some give on the British side. And uh, that, I think, will just enrage the Conservative Brexiteers more. Of course. And Mr Johnson is using the card, the only card he's got, really, because I would imagine he is thoroughly discredited among anyone who isn't you know, besotted with him, for one reason or another. Uh, the only card is to say that if the Conservative Party doesn't go for a tougher line with the EU that the only beneficiary will be UKIP and that there'll be a, and UKIP has been rising in the polls etc um, Farage has gone on TV well and done what he does yeah yeah following me around the studios indeed yeah. trailing in my <laughs> wake anyway so that's enough of that I so mean yeah. so well yeah it is enough of Brexit enough already I think mm. would say uh, we just you know we should just have a moratorium on there was a way out well, there is, I guess. A lot of people are taking Irish citizenship, uh, including our friend and colleague, Brian Garvey. Well, he is Irish. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I knew that there was... was yeah, yeah. Something. Anyway, so uh, over to you, Brian Simon. We again at some point to, um, to talk about Brexit, the view from... Across, oh, uh, the, um, across the iron border, which <laughs> is about to... Because that is the thing, just very quickly. I mean, you know, yeah. The obvious thing is that Boris Johnson has not really any serious consideration of the Northern Ireland issue. And, I mean, that is the trouble with that is that a lot of his supporters don't care less about Northern Ireland either because they're English nationalists. And yeah. that really is very dangerous. Whereas Mrs May, it is in the end, that is the hook in which she is impaled. The border issue, which everyone ignored during the referendum, is is really, I mean, it is risking the breakup of the United Kingdom. And as a typical conservative in this respect, that's something Mrs May couldn't possibly contemplate. And, well, it would just lead to all sorts of trouble. Simon. Cheery. Cheery stuff. Yeah. So that is cheery than your stuff. Well, yeah, let's let's cross the pond quickly though and um, and touch base with, with US politics. Right. Um there's there's a lot of, of happenings recently. There are too many to driven by by the I guess the legacy, the fallout of, of Me Too and um mm. and Mr Trump's efforts to get his, his Supreme Court nominee confirmed. Yeah. Brett, somebody or other. Kavanaugh. That's it. Indeed. Yeah. And that's that's Kavanaugh QC. That was a program that none of our listeners, watchers, will remember, but it had John Thor in it. What? Not a clue. Yeah. Anyway, no, 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 no. It was a. It was not his finest hour. So yeah. Go on, Simon. So, uh, you talk yeah, now. It's proving to be a, a rather tricky time for Mr. Trump again. But it's also opening up deeper and deeper cleavages and schisms within within the U.S. Mm. Not only with regard to to Me Too and and the fallout of, of of that movement, but also the fact that Mr. Kavanaugh's policies are not potentially well. They are abhorrent to many. He risks overturning Roe versus Wade, mm. and and that will really open up a um, a bag of worm cans. 
Indeed. A bag of worm cans partially I opened, ketones, which... But I don't know where that's come from. Well, it's a good one. I think uh, that should replace a can of worms, a really, as a cliché. Today's cliché. We've invented a cliché on air. You were here. You were watching when it happened. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, because Mr Trump apparently on the campaign trail, because he's got his um, midterm elections coming up, um, kind of ridiculed Mr Kavanagh's accuser. And, uh, of course, you know, this programme has no views at all about Mr Trump, but it would seem to me that the kind of accusation that's been levelled at Kavanagh uh, is indicative of a culture, an attitude towards women. If true, if these allegations are true, it would put him in the same kind of camp as Mr Trump placed himself with his remarks before the presidential Indeed. election. And those remarks, of course, didn't bizarrely uh, stop him winning the Electoral College vote. We, the programme will insist, of course, that he didn't win the election. He won the electoral yeah. college vote. A nuanced point. Yes. Mm. Uh, which, uh, which, of course, people forget. Um, I heard, a, a, going back to Brexit for about a second, um, a, a minister this morning talking about how it was a decisive um, result, the right. Brexit referendum. Which minister was this? Um, the paperclip minister. Excellent. Who right. it is now. Um, but a minister who should, should not be named because I've forgotten his name. And it's easy to forget the names now because they come and go. Interchangeable Minister Bot 3.2. <laughs> that's it. That's Theresa May. Ah, right. right yes. Uh, so, so that's something to watch in the in the US and this mm. US politics is is gearing up for the midterms. I wonder if if we should perhaps get on a a US election expert mm. in the coming weeks. I, I think, think of we a should. number of names that spring to mind. Special guests. Yeah. Always welcome on the Impact Narrative. So. So um, yeah, let's let's keep a close eye on that one. Yeah, we'll we, we'll call we'll make a few calls. We will. We'll see what we can do. Go through but our rummage through our address book. Mark, we're about halfway through the show. <gasps> right. So you're going to talk sport now. Let's have some sports news. Okay. After Big news. Yeah. Arsenal has. And now the sport with Simon. <laughs> Twenty-two <laughs> years after Arsenal mm. joined the club. Yeah. 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 How's it all Seismic. going? It's it's going. Yeah. It's going. Speaking of people that are going, Alistair Cook retired from Test cricket. Mm, alas. Alas, very sad day. Hung up his bat. Indeed, but with, a with wonderful a, moment at the Oval. Yeah, scored yeah. about 150 or he something, got a didn't good he? Good knock. Yeah, yeah. No, no. We'll never. Will we ever see his like again? No. Uh, but also, of course, the bigger news is the Ryder Cup. Ah, yes. And now it looks like uh, Brooks Kepka who you know and admire oh, very course, much, who is a rather burly individual, you know, he's somebody with a fair amount of strength right. in his physique, supposed to have had some kind of fallout with Dustin Johnson, an equally athletic mm -hmm. individual who's about seven foot tall and, you know, uh, is supposed to have, you know, possibly been fisticuffs involved, but uh, but I'm sure that's all... Yeah. But it, anyway, the American camp was not really a camp. It was more a random group of individuals. I, I remember speaking to you on the morning of, was it the first morning? Yeah, fact? right. And you were very doom and gloom. Well, it was because we lost the first round of matches, but then after that, um, you know, our secret weapon, Tiger Agent Woods, performed admirably for us, uh, right. accumulating a total of zero points from his endeavours. But anyway, this isn't, but that's a good sport. And of course, Newcastle are going down. Yes. Um, and Arsenal are going to finish fourth. Yes. Yeah, we agree on fourth. We do. Excellent. Yes. Um, 
And, and Jose uh, Mourinho will be sacked before Christmas. You don't say. Crazy talk. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. But I think that's enough sport, Mark. It because is. We need to um, we need to touch on the Middle East. Okay. Unfortunately, things in Yemen are ah. pretty pretty severe. Mm. You As have, they have been for a long time. Yeah. You have ongoing fighting that is risking the. Uh, the escalation of an incredibly, potentially catastrophic situation. There are 18 million people mm. in dire need of, of humanitarian assistance. 18 million people. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why this is... the Yemeni population in need of humanitarian assistance. Well, that's why it's dominating the headlines day after day. It is. Not. Yeah, it's mm. rarely seen. Mm. And I wonder, I'm sure there are a myriad of reasons for this, but I wonder if the, the close alliance with the Saudis is perhaps one of those reasons. The fact that British arms are being used, mm. perhaps another. It's quite, it's absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? That, uh, I mean, it, just occasionally the atrocities of yesteryear get mentioned and people shake their heads and say, how did we allow it to happen? And while they're to to talking about those things, they're allowing something very similar or even worse to Indeed. go on without paying it the blindest bit of attention. Right. Events in Syria are obviously deeply tragic, but mm. in, in Yemen, mm. they are potentially on a scale far, far worse. Mm. And and while all this is going on, there is a dire need for humanitarian aid, for assistance, but, but that aid and assistance comes through the port of Hudeba, mm. and that is currently under blockade, where there is yeah. severe fighting. So there is no way of getting aid in. So it's a, a an incredibly mm. precarious situation. Mm. Yeah, which and again, you know, I'm guilty of this as well because um, I said not not much has been happening in the Middle East, and that just shows how I'm dominated by headlines rather than actually finding out for myself. Well, there's not very much new happening. Mm. That's the thing; it's a continuation. It's a slow burning issue. Mm. That's not a very good. Uh, yeah. No. Slow burning, and yeah, but uh, and yeah. Uh, and as always, the proxies um, and yes. Iran, you know, the, the uh, uh, supposedly involved in incidents in France, which seem to be, you know, mm. it just seems that generally there's uh, states are now willing to be involved in activities which are infringing the sovereignty of other states or whatever, and um, taking tremendous risks and. Uh, yeah. Well, on that point, Mark, I, I'm going to take this this opportunity to um, to just quickly reveal some exciting news ah! from the um, Richardson Institute. We have recently been awarded some money from the Carnegie Corporation to launch and run the CEPAD project, the Sectarianism Proxies and Desectarianization Initiative. You can find out more about the project at www.cepad.org.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at Project CEPAD. And um, that's a project that's looking at some of these issues in more detail, the construction of sectarian difference, the mm. politicization of it, and the implications of this rivalry between the Iranians and the Saudis. Mm. So hopefully we're going to try and raise awareness of some of these concerns. And we're going to have a number of issues, uh, a number of events that will discuss these issues in the coming academic year. So it's quite so watch, exciting. Watch this space, yeah. I mean, so I'm congratulating you on getting a grant to uh, study something which is uh, something that we shouldn't be congratulating ourselves oh, about. Exactly. But yeah. hopefully this is one way in which it, academics can make a difference in the outside world. Hopefully, yeah. Um, even if on a small scale, from small things, larger things grow. 
So, yeah, so the Middle East still a situation which needs, we all ought to be informing ourselves more about this. We should. Not you, of course, because you know everything. But Well, I wouldn't go that far, but it's the sort of thing that, that needs more coverage, if indeed mm. you can talk about that, given how much focus the media pays to the Middle East. But it's right. perhaps paying paying attention to the wrong things. And are there any publications um, which cover the, this kind of well, thing? It's a nice segue this... into some um, some discussions about what we've been doing over the summer. So people who think that academics have a, a summer off. Well, yes. Nice little um, co-edited book with one of my PhD students. And you wanting to brandish this even though you're not on the front cover? I'm certainly not on the front cover. And I write a chapter in this that challenges military intervention and talks about the politics of Iraq. Uh, and uh, this is completely irrelevant, but the, uh, available in all good bookstores. Um, my uh, book of mine that came out over the summer. What about book of the week, Simon? Ooh, book of the week, Mark. I wonder, could we just well, pluck something at random? I don't know if this should be book of the week, but I want to thank you officially for, um, for, for giving me this, Mark. I, I very much appreciate it. I put this on Twitter yesterday. Ah. That, um, that you were kind enough to give me this copy of of Philip Cares, if the dead rise not. So you uh, pronounce it care, do you? I would I, go for cur. 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 Yeah. Philip Cur. Cur. Okay. But uh, maybe I've uh, gone to the wrong school. Perhaps. Unlike your good self. Well, I, well <laughs> we won't talk about my school. But um, yes, oh, you could flash it up. See that um, there is a signed copy here. So I got I, Phil to sign it. Before he died. Yeah, I did, yeah. And he said to me, give this to Simon as long as he promises in future to pronounce my name right. Um, well, and I'm hoping, I'm working on that. And then Book of the Week, so that's your Book of the Week? No, it's certainly not. Um, but this is perhaps my Book of the book of the Summer, Mark. Oh no, the phone rang. Oh dear. And the it's still ringing. ringing. Anyway, go on, talk, well, we'll let let's it, talk over it. We'll let it ring. Who knows who that could be? It could yeah. be C, it could be my dentist. It's who our knows? mystery caller. It's, anyway, um, you win our book of the week as a prize. My book of the summer is indeed um, this by Mr. Ian Kershaw, or Dr. Ian Kershaw, I should say. Or Professor. Oh, he's a professor. I yeah. would imagine so. One would imagine. Much Called decorated. The, the End. The E-N? The E-N, yes, um, or as Philip Kerr pronounced it. A fascinating book that looks at the, the conditions within which peace was achieved at the end of the Second World War. Yeah, and uh, I've got further with it than well, you, you have. certainly have. I'm is on this, about page 180. Copy, That's my copy because it's rather dog-eared. Yeah, a fascinating but, read, not only for for a discussion of, of, of the war, but the, the conditions in which people were were behaving and acting and hmm. trying to engage in politics in. And it, it's it's fascinating and incredibly tragic to, to see how that, that totalitarian regime was so all-encompassing. Even in a in a situation where it was clear that Germany was losing the war, but it was still trying to exert all of this political influence. Mm. A fascinating read. Yeah, well, a good. And then my one, which I'm sure lots of people know about, but uh, it's a fantastic book to read, and I've read it from cover to cover and destroyed it while I was reading. It is second. It was second hand. It was. So right. the damage isn't entirely due to me. But this about the background to nine uh, eleven, which is the event which has shaped really all our mindsets. Uh, the biggest event since the Second World War in many respects, you would say. So um, although I should just point out this, Mark. 
Uh, I was I was teaching a seminar for incoming students at Welcome Week. Ah. Yesterday. Some fact. of whom might be watching. Some of whom may be watching. Or phoning. Or indeed phoning. Yeah. Go on. And yeah, you better answer that in a second. Um, when our when, when our duties that, here are over. That students who were incoming to study politics were one. Yeah. Oh no, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. And yet this is still an event that is is having such a dominant impact on global politics. Mm. I mean, obviously, some of them were born when Arsene Wenger was uh, already quite a seasoned Arsenal manager. Indeed, an incredibly successful Arsenal manager. Yeah. But I think in, uh, it, it's pretty clear that 9-11 was an epoch-making moment. Yeah. And, and we're still very much feeling and experiencing the fallout from that that event, not only in terms of security, but politics broadly. Yeah, and and so that book is particularly uh, instructive. I mean, it seems to me it's based on a lot of um, uh, you know kind of evidence from participants, which you might think is you should be sceptical, but it's also got lots of documentary backing for the argument and the chapter of errors that led up to I mean you don't need conspiracy theories about 9-11 all you do is to look at something yeah. approaching to the truth and you can see how really it, it was the creation of misguided US uh, policy just basically showering Afghanistan with weapons and uh, uh, also choosing its allies rather unwisely cause and effect who saw that coming yeah quite mm. So, Mark, we're rapidly running out of time. Was there anything else we wanted to do? Well, I just want to, to say it's a pleasure to be back. And, Good. Um, and your trousers, it's a pleasure to have those back. I think so, um, you. They are. They are. Well, uh, yeah, I was saying that because you have worn ridiculous trousers before, and I just thought maybe oh, no, they no, were thanks. the same ridiculous trousers. No, 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 these are a new pair of ridiculous trousers. Excellent. Where's my sober pinstripes, which are somewhat... Yeah, I had to change those before my television appearance mm -hmm. this afternoon. So... As we're gearing up for a new term, what is it that you're working on for the for the next 10, 11 weeks, taking us up to Christmas? For the next few weeks, Simon, I'll be working, well, two exciting courses. Excellent. Is that... Uh, I've got other things to do, but um, well, I'm teaching Simon uh, British foreign policy, as it were, Britain uh, in the world, uh, uh, in the third year level and second year uh, course, trying to make sense of UK politics Ooh. in more generally. Very timely. Yeah, and what about you, Simon? I'm teaching a second-year course, Introduction to Peace Studies, and very excited I am about it too. Well, I'm sure you are. It's so, such a joyous a subject. Very, yeah, very cheery topic at present. Yeah. But anyway, on that note, Mark, that nice cheery note... And anyone watching who isn't at Lancaster University, um, you can see the kind of verve and enthusiasm, which is almost you know, an electric atmosphere of uh, anticipation in this office as a new term begins. So come to Lancaster, Indeed. experience it for yourself. Bianca doesn't regret it. If she does, then she's too frightened to show it. Indeed. On that note... Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, everyone who has been watching. Subscribe, um, um, yes. follow us on Twitter, because you won't follow me on Twitter, because I'm not on Twitter. Well, you are on Twitter. Well, I am, but only in name. Uh, do all those things, yeah? Subscribe, yes. and we point at something, because uh, there should, on the screen, come a way of subscribing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and look forward to the next instalment of The Impact Narrative.